I do thank you for the opportunity to be here today. Um, it was a shock to me to be asked and, and quite an honor and a privilege. NBC is still very, very dear to my heart. Um, I read a recent devotional by Eugene Peterson that stemmed from just the title of Psalm 3, the title that says, A Psalm of David when he fled from his son, Absalom. I was immediately struck by the thought that it was odd to base a daily devotional on the mere title of a psalm and such a sad one at that. However, Peterson elaborated that the life of David was full of incidents just like that one. Um, King David's life was certainly colorful, wasn't it? And as Peterson went on to say, so is everyone else's life. So is everyone's. Granted, it may not be as colorful, but everyone's life is full of conflict, failure, fear, love and betrayal, loss and salvation. Every incident is part of your story, part of my story, and therefore part of the greater story of God, right? Each of us, collectively and individually, certainly are living through some colorful days in these days right now, aren't we? Um, this morning, I felt led, uh, I felt God leading me to share with you a story on my heart. I arrived at NBC in 2000 as a fairly, in 2001 actually, as a fairly young Christian, somewhat young chronologically, but very, very young spiritually. I was a first generation Christian in my family with a childhood and a background that movies and books are made of. Thankfully, I quickly learned a sacred secret of NBC that you all know very well, I'm sure. And that is NBC is as much spiritual formation as it is educational preparation. In the fall of 2004, I had an intense encounter with God alone in the parking lot during one of the classroom breaks. While my sanctification experience had happened prior to NBC, this moment in my life was nearly as significant. As a member of the counseling cohort that year, Dr. Lambright mentioned that already, I had recently shared my story as each student and each cohort did at that point in the program. And it was an especially difficult and unpleasant experience for me. But on this particular night, another student shared his story, shared their journey, and I was not prepared for the way his story would intersect with my own. Everything I knew about Christ, about God's word, and granted at that point, it was pretty minimal, but everything I knew about my savior, about God's word, about this calling that I was surrendering to was being challenged in that moment. And I'm just gonna be brutally honest with you. I stood in the parking lot, literally kicking, quite forcefully, I might add, the tires of my car and ranting at God. All the questions, all the hurt, all the pain, all the promises, all the threats, <laughs> all of it just came pouring out of me. 
Had anyone been observing my little tantrum from a distance, I'm sure they were concerned about my mental state in that moment. But as I was having this fit in the parking lot, suddenly a sound broke through and grabbed my attention. The bell tower was playing. Trust and obey. What transpired between God and I in that moment has been a cement to hold me together throughout these years of ministry. God began a specific discussion with me on that hill that has ebbed and flowed through these 16 or more years since, growing deeper and more powerful than I ever anticipated on that day. These love notes to me, as I've come to call them, are reminders that he is a God who sees. I can certainly relate to Hagar uttering those words in Genesis 16, 13. Hagar found herself somewhat of her own doing in a moment of fear and confusion, in deep heartache and pain, and I'm sure no small measure of despair. A situation similar to Peterson's comparison of several incidents in the life of King David. When Hagar found herself with, with no security for the future, with her unborn child's life in jeopardy, and nowhere to turn, she found the one who can always be found. Amen. We have a bit of an advantage over Hagar that she had at the time. We can find comfort in God's word. I've come to depend heavily on the comfort and promises I find in the Psalms. When I came to NBC, I knew very little to nothing of the Old Testament. Dr. King ignited a passion in me for the Old Testament that lives still today. And I find a lot of comfort in the Psalms. I spend a lot of time there. And Psalm 71 has become so familiar to me. Verse 20 reads, you have allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. Since coming to my current ministry assignment just over four years ago, I have experienced the physical decline and mental breakdown of my husband of 25 years, which eventually led him to end it in divorce. God has healed me of breast cancer. I have endured the imprisonment of two adult children, one of which is still incarcerated and maybe for the remainder of my days. And in about 10 days, I will sit with my oldest grandson, Quentin, whom I have raised from a small boy as he undergoes a serious brain surgery. Many times, many times in these four years, I have cried out, God, do you see me? That was my ultimate question that night before the bell tower played. I was crying out, God, do you see me? Do you see my suffering? Do you know how hard this is for me? Do you care? 
you know, I do not share those things with you to gain your sympathy or even your empathy today. I share them to demonstrate the power of his regenerating restoration in our lives. Amen. We do, each of us, experience some depths of pain on this earth. But his miracle rescue still raises us to the highest places. Amen. I'm sure you all feel the same way that these are extremely challenging days in our world, in our country today. With little doubt, these past nine months or so have been the most difficult days ever for those serving in ministry. And if we put our hope in anything else but Jesus, they will be even more difficult in the future, it appears, yes? But I believe that God is still directing students to NBC, to each of you personally, maybe even. While you may never meet all of them face to face, or it may be meetings similar to this one, which is great, but not quite the same. He is still leading men and women who need to have these types of experiences, these types of encounters with him, where they ultimately settle the question and commit themselves to trusting him regardless of the cost. Men and women who at times will need someone like you to remind them of the words of Psalm 69, 29, which is so similar to 71, 20 that I read. It reads, I am burdened and broken by this pain. We live in a burdened and broken world. But when your miracle rescue comes to me, it will lift me to the highest place. I cling to those promises every day. Amen. Oh, there are still moments and there will be many moments in the life of each of us when the urge to ask God, do you see me, will be overwhelming. As the line in a re recent movie says, but suffering does not destroy our faith. It refines and strengthens it. And God is worth trusting, even when we cannot see him working. Being asked to join you today, was another one of those love notes from my Heavenly Father, confirming for me yet again that he does see me. He knows exactly where I am. Amen. And I had no choice but to obey because I had settled the question that night on that sacred hill as the towers played. No matter what lies ahead, or what has been before. I will trust him and obey. Many times you have no idea, just as some of these who have joined us today, Dr. King, Dr. Lambright, Dr. Warrington, you may have no idea how God is using you to speak into another person's life the very concept that they are seen, they are known, and they are loved by the God who sees all. 
so many times we take that concept of the God who sees it and we automatically think of the wrath and the judgment. But what comfort and hope and promise is in the fact that the God who sees me carries me through. Amen. Never underestimate your ministry through this institution. Men such as Dr. Graves, Alan Like, Hiram Sanders, Laurel Matson, Dr. Lambright, Dr. King, Dr. Powers, Richard Lewis, Alan Deuce. Each of those, each of those men are still impacting people for Jesus here in Shenandoah, Iowa, through my ministry. I remember Dr. Lambright saying so often, when you are pastoring my parents, I want to know. And I won't finish that statement, but it's come to my mind many times. You are still impacting people and it will be true for each of you for years to come. Amen. In all actuality, since transparency is so very difficult in the church, which is the reason for the tears in my eyes, you yourself maybe, maybe you need to be reminded today that he sees you. He sees you. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. He loves you. And never forget, he is working on your behalf. In this very moment, you can trust that. Amen. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil he doth richly repay. Not a grief nor a loss, not a frown nor a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. There truly is no other way, amen. Peterson said in that devotion that all prayer is prayed in the middle of a story. In Hagar's story, God not only saw her, but she also saw God. That's my prayer for each of us today, that we would again see the one who always sees us. If you are burdened and broken today by the pain of the world around you, or perhaps some pain you're enduring in your own life. Believe me when I say this, because I tested it and I know that it's true. When his miracle rescue comes, it will lift you to the highest place. Amen. I hope that you find some encouragement today in these thoughts and that they empower you to help others that he will bring into your path to see the one who sees them. Amen.